Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. The podcast where the dogs are the stars of the show. Welcome to episode 76 of the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Thank you very much for finding this show. Welcome if you are a new listener and welcome back if you've heard one of the episodes or more before. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. My guest this week is Christine Kaplan, and she's going to be telling us all about Walter. But uh, first... Just a personal message as we are heading into December and I'd like everyone just to think about what treats uh, they are going to give their dogs for Christmas and also to let other family members, well-being ones, know what they are going to give your dog for Christmas. And I say that because... Um, well, most of the, we say stocking fillers that are out there and that sort of stuff are basically crap. So if you want to feed your dog crap, well, no one wants to feed their dog crap, do they? Anyway, let's get into some doggy news. And in Maryland, in the USA... A police officer was doing a routine traffic stop and talking to a couple in a car about the dog they had in the back, being a uh, German Shepherd. The couple admitted that they found the dog wandering around. So after authorities checked the microchip, they found out that Harley actually belonged to a family in a neighbouring town. They contacted the family and were informed that Harley had apparently been taken from their backyard three years earlier. They are now having a wonderful reunion. Over to the UK and a couple of breeders put together Zola, a black lab, and rocks another black lab. Zola gave birth to 10 puppies. Do you want to guess what colours they were? Now, I know I said colours already, but apparently after 15 years of some selective breeding and a couple of generations, they got Zola to produce five black labs three chocolate labs, and two yellow labs. And apparently, that's a rare thing. And now, to this week's interview. Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. I am here with Christine Kaplan. How are you? So good. Thanks for having me. Oh, it, it's my pleasure. So, whereabouts in the world are you? So, we live in a town called Washougal, Washington, which is also known as the gateway to the Columbia Gorge. 
So some people may or may not be, you know, it's great. It's, it's kind of like the last small town on the way into the gorge. And it's a beautiful, beautiful part of the United States, but um, it's also very wet as we were just talking about, but, um, but it's gorgeous. And we take advantage of course, of the beautiful environment around us, which is awesome. That's great to hear. And who is going to be the subject of today's conversation? So today we're talking about Walter. He's a nine-year-old standard dachshund. Um, He's short-haired, black and tan, and we've had him since he was itty-bitty. This is going to be nice, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Um, As per usual, I'm going to ask you to take us back in time to just before you met Walter and talk to us about the hows and whys that that happened. So we, many, many years ago, adopted a miniature dachshund. His name was Bruiser. He was our little red dachshund, and he was just hilarious. We had never owned a dachshund or lived with um, a, a dog quite with such character. And as time went on, we were able to identify a couple breeders in the area when we decided we wanted to add another dog and thought, well, wouldn't it be fun? But this time we want to have a big dachshund. So we looked for someone who bred standard dachshunds. And really, I mean, Walter's big, like he's like low 30 pounds. I mean, he's probably three times the size of the mini dachshund that we had. So it was, it's, it was just, um, it was just serendipitous. We just found this wonderful person who introduced us to her kind of line of dachshunds and their um, they're from her line is from Germany and they're meant to uh, go to ground. They're definitely a dog who <laughs> looks for things with their noses in holes and gets in trouble all the time, but they're known and they are, they are currently, but used to be badger hunters. Um, and that's what her line is bred for. So he gets himself in a lot of trouble, but that's how Walter came about. It was really our first dachshund, I think, that led us to our next dachshund. <laughs> nice. How were those first few weeks with Walter and, and, and Bruiser? <laughs> um, not great. Um, we thought Bruiser literally wanted to kill his new puppy friend, Walter. He um, Bruiser was like a street dog. When we adopted him, he was like tough. We don't know where he came from, but he was hilarious. But we, we knew they had to work through it. We just wanted to make sure that Bruiser was at the head of the roost because as you can imagine, his sibling is much larger than he was. (laughs) So, and he, we knew he was going to get old much faster. So that was important, but um, we worked with a trainer. So we kind of worked through some of the things, but Bruiser was definitely going to make sure that, you know, his new puppy friend knew that he was going to be the one to rule the household, which was fine. We just had to work through it. So it took a little while, but then they became fast friends. I guess it's always nice for a, a puppy to come in and have another dog there to say, well, this is sort of how things sort of go. Oh, yeah. Taught him how to use the doggy door. Taught You know, I mean, the lessons that we could teach, I think, were ingrained much faster um, just by having other dogs to teach him what to do. Yeah. And having a puppy is a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. So we, we kind of made our way through it. And um, nine years later, I've, even the puppy phase to me is still kind of blurry now. 
<laughs> Some yeah. people say sometimes, oh, the puppy phase just keeps going and going and going. Oh, and yeah. Never really goes. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, he still has some puppy in him. But we're, we're glad, though, that we're now, I mean, I am sad that he's a senior, of course, just because. But he's he's got a lot of life in him. So things, things are good. Mm-hmm. So what sort of setup was it inside the house? Were they crated or did they free roam? So or? we did crate train. Um, we actually, so I don't know if you're familiar with the vet um, behavior expert, Sophia Yin. So she has um, she has some wonderful books on how to raise a puppy. So we really went by Sophia Yin's um, methods. We literally put our entire kitchen was the puppy zone. So we had... Walter was safe and kind of living with us, but within safely within and kind of behind an X pen. So we also had a crate within the X pen, puppy pet, you know, potty pads and things like that. And actually our door to go to the yard was right there too. Um, But we, in order for him to stay safe when we were not around, and even if we were kind of out around in the house too, just to make sure that the other dogs weren't in his personal space, he needed to learn some independence to be in basically in a, in a spot, you know, where we knew he would be safe. Um, so that's basically how, how we did it. And it worked great. Nice. And sleeping arrangements? Sleeping arrangements. Um, now he sleeps in our bed. So I'll just say that that's, mm-hmm. that's where, that's, that's where we're at right now, but he slept. <laughs> that is not how it began though. He slept um, on his own in that area. And also um, we never closed the door of the crate unless we were like in the middle of crate training. So while we were training him, he would just kind of sleep on blankets within the X pen area that we had set up for him okay. or in his crate. He loves his crate. Um, we have crates in the car that he spends quite a bit of time in. So he's very oriented, but it's rare that now he'll go willingly, you know, just like to go sleep in his crate. Mm-hmm. He's kind of not that dog, but he's definitely crate trained. So you have to explain now, how did that progress to where it is now? <laughs> he was in the X-Pen area. Like we, I mean, it was a good six, eight months. I mean, there's no question. Like we, it was, it was not a two month trial. Like, we made sure that he, you know, was ready to be, you know, let into the general public <laughs> of the house. <laughs> and then also that the other dogs were going to be mindful of him. You know, we had, plus he's a puppy, so he chews on everything. So we would make sure that even though things are puppy proof, you know, nothing's puppy proofed because <laughs> they can get in everything. Even if you have a baby gate in every area, maybe they chew on the baby gate. Um, so I'm going to say, if I remember correctly, it was at least six months, I think it was eight, um, by the time we actually got, we decided that we were confident that he was ready to move up in the world. He earned it. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, so you mentioned dogs. So there was other dogs other than, than Bruiser? Or? So he lived with, um, he, over the course of time, he lived with Bruiser and then also a Beagle Bassett mix that we have. His name is Sherman, who is 15 um, so they're about, mm, give or take like four or five years apart. Yeah. Oh, and, and what was the relationship there like? It's good. It's a good relationship. Um, the trifecta was an interesting relationship. No question. Um, cause Bruiser was kind of at the head of the pack. And then when Bruiser passed away a couple of years ago, it's just been the two of them. And it's actually been a smoother kind of calmer, um, dynamic between the two. 
So I think having three dogs is harder, is harder, <laughs> just, just depending on the dynamic and having the two, it's been a little smoother. We've learned. Yeah. Okay. And can you tell us what the backyard sort of situation you have a, well, currently we feel really fortunate. We have since the house that I just described to you where Walter grew up, um, we're now in a different situation. So now we are, um, we have some property. So we actually have, I'm looking at it, which is why I'm staring outside. <laughs> so we have um, about eight acres and one acre is totally fenced in in a chain link. Oh, nice. So he really gets, yeah, it's really nice. So he really gets the run of the yard, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. And does he share the yard with uh, any other species? No. In fact, that the chain link, fortunately, so far, I should knock on wood, but we're years in and we have had no issues. Um, the, you'll see deer surrounding it. Um, he does share, share the yard <laughs> with rabbits. Mm-hmm. He's also, he's also bred to chase and eat rabbits. So it is a kind of a constant battle. The rabbits are really fast. So he couldn't catch a rabbit unless it was sick or, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, the rabbits can get right under the chain link. It's kind of amazing, actually, how swift and agile they're able. It's amazing that they're able to get through the bottom of the chain link because I've watched him chase one or two. Um, But it's it works out great. I mean, he tracks the rabbits in the back. It's a really great setup for him and everybody's safe. So, no, we have had no problems. We see a lot of owls in the trees, you know, like that might be, um, not for him though. He's huge, but like with our old dachshund who is tiny, that might've been a problem, but no, no, we do not. No predators are sharing our, our inside space. Thank goodness. Outside there are plenty. Yeah. Mm. Um, what were his favorite toys when they, when he was younger and he did, he still have the same sort of. Yeah. He's not a big, none of our dogs have ever been, which is weird they're not big on toys. So I don't know what to take of that. He, um, we use a lot of puzzle toys for Mm -hmm. feeding. So, you know, like your Kongs and all the toys you can put food in. So I think because when he was a puppy, we used those quite a bit for training. So he likes those and he orientates towards those, but there's no tug of war. He'll kill, like catch a stick. If you throw it to him, he'll want to run around with that, but he's not a ball dog. So, which is in a lot of dachshunds are. So I think it's just for whatever reason, it's balls are not his thing. So he, he actually does not like squeaky toys kind of freak him out. <laughs> like the noise <laughs> of the freaky toys. I, again, I have no idea what I did to him, what I did wrong, but he, but he's not a big toy dog and none of our dogs are. Mm. I don't know why. Yeah. Okay. Um, games. Well, we are involved in a sport and I I'm pretty sure you guys have it there too. Um, do you have nose work there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we have done nose work with him. We've done nose work with all of our hounds, but him specifically since he was tiny. So we have nose work classes. He's in competitions. He, um, he has titles in some elements of the, of the different nose work, um, aspects. He is a very happy nose work dog. He loves to hunt for odor. So we actually do that. I'm going to call it a sport, although we compete, but it's really for fun. We don't, you know, 
I only do it for fun. There's, I'm not in it for anything else. And we really enjoy it. And he loves it. So does our other dog as well. So nose work is kind of his thing. So now there's uh, quite a few different aspects in nose work. So yeah. what does, what's Walter's sort of like lane and what does he enjoy doing? Can you? Um, I would say hardest for him are containers. So um, nose work is split up into four elements. You hunt in containers. You look for odor in exteriors, so somewhere outside, in a, on a vehicle, or an interior search. So there's four different aspects of it. I would say his favorite is searching vehicles. And I don't know if it's because it's fun to orientate around the vehicle and to kind of be able to search into all the crevices and crannies. I don't know. I don't know why. But um, containers are the hardest for him. And you train on containers. So I'm not sure why that's his least favorite element out of the four. Um, but I think vehicles is what he likes to search the most. Interesting. It's great. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I'm not sure why. Right. And saying that maybe one of the more challenging aspects being the breed he is, being the dachshund and the mobility. Yeah. And he's also short. So I do think that some, you know, some hides are up higher. And the, so I'm not sure if he likes the vehicle aspect too, because of the way Usually the hides have to be, you know, they're kind of, he's able to reach them instead of a higher hide that he has to try and access or as unaccessible as they call it. So, um, yeah, he's just, he's, his breed is, well, I think all dogs can excel at nose work. I don't Absolutely. think they have to be a hound. I mean, it could be any, it could be a chihuahua, it could be any dog, but I do think because of his innate ability to want to use his nose and just because he's a hound i just think he really enjoys the sport it's something he loves to do mm-hmm. and does he what's this sort of environment like with the other dogs that are participating that social he, side as well no he's not a social dog he doesn't enjoy other dogs <laughs> except the dogs in his family um i would even categorize him as is reactive with other dogs Um, he had a, well, this is my opinion. I could be totally off when he was a puppy puppy, like let's say closer to one, he was, you know, free to roam. So we took him on, he was, it's trouble. Like we have one dog who's really good off leash with, without like, you don't even need to teach him commands. I just think he innately doesn't want to leave your side. <laughs> so <laughs> we got really, we got really lucky with one dog. Cause that's not, you know, that rarely happens, but Walter follows his nose. So he has to be on a long lead, mm-hmm. but he was pretty good as a younger dog off leash. Um, he would always check in. So we took him to this really large area, large meaning like acres and acres and acres of trails. And he was, he was unfortunately chased by a larger dog and that dog, you know, had no recall owner didn't call him back. I mean, it was like your typical, um, and Walter did what dogs do, which of course is turned around and realized that if he kind of got a little aggressive with this dog, that the dog would leave him alone. And I'm convinced that in that moment, he decided that, you know what, if I do this repeatedly, this is, this is a good thing. Like I'm going to bark at other dogs and then they're going to, you know, leave me alone and get out. He doesn't want dogs in his personal space. So he became more reactive on leash and he, and he's really not, he's better off leash, but he's really a dog that has to stay on leash. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, I mean, he'd be 
he'd be gone forever. There's no way. And he, we, you know, we laugh. He wouldn't make it, you know, three hours <laughs> out in the wilderness. I mean, if he made it three hours, I'd be, you know, I'd be stunned. He'd have to hide in a hole given where we live and the things that could eat him. Mm-hmm. So, so he has to stay, you know, he has to be unleashed. And I think that the, we've managed it and we've done a lot of training with behavior specialists on reactive leash behavior. Um, so it's very much something that we manage. But unfortunately, to answer your question, that's a very long story short, not a social dog. Okay. Yep. (laughs) Um, So going on the different trails and thing, I mean, it's great, great for enrichment and for their factory system. Has there been any other sort of interesting adventures that you've had with him on different tracks? Well, he, we really are so lucky because of where we live. So we can just go on trails that last forever and ever. And because he's so hilarious, I mean, watching him on leash is like, you know, it's like watching a, a Nat Geo television program. Like he's, you know, he's got his nose in something. He's pulling a mouse out of a hole. He, you know, he's eating things he shouldn't eat. He's rolling in rabbit poop. Like he's hilarious. So we do our adventures are endless. I mean, really we have, we have daily adventures and it's, they're great. Oh, absolutely. Sounds yeah. Great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel very lucky because of where we live because we have a lot of green space, you know, so we are able to really make that happen. We, we are, I'm sounds like you're in a similar situation. I mean, we can drive five minutes and be in acres and eight, you know, just forest because that's the nature of where we are. And we don't, we live, it's rural to an extent. I mean, I'm not going to say I don't live like on a farm, but, <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm rural enough where we have a lot of, of space to roam, which is, which is great. So we're not really in a suburb. We're kind of in a rural area, which is, which is nice. Yeah. Great for people and, and even better for dogs. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned putting things in his mouth. I usually wait till later in the episode, so, but I'm going to ask you to complete the sentence. I can't believe my dog ate. There's so many things. <laughs> and, of course, and of course, for everyone listening, like I don't want them to think my dog is like a, um, honestly, I, let's just, let's just go, let's just go rabbit. Rabbit. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's been a couple of times I won't get into the graphic nitty gritty, but there's been a few instances where we were horrified and it was, and it happens really fast. And it's not like he's going to drop the rabbit. And, you know, I mean, he's not, I mean, there's no way I wouldn't, I can't imagine what kind of high value food I would need for him to do that. I mean, his drop it is not bad, <laughs> but it's all bets are off, you know, it is what it is. And like you mentioned earlier, let's not forget the, the DNA and what's in, inherently in his in his brain to do. And also yes. the fact that he is a now senior dog. So it's been a long time for him to have that doing thing. So yes, yeah. there will be a, a few things. In yeah, and and he um he's now in a place where he's exposed to rabbits all the time. You know, I mean it's not like he lives in a suburb where like he might see a rabbit once a month. Like he's exposed to rabbits every day. You know, they're, he tracks them. They're in our yard. They're sitting behind our fence. They're, they're everywhere. So it just, you know, I hate to say it, but like, (laughs) I mean, he's in an environment where we're like teaching him, 
you know, to chase what he loves to chase without meaning to. (laughs) So, yeah. Job to keep them out of his area. Yeah, it's his yard. The rabbits, we say to the rabbits, this is not the yard for you. (laughs) You should pick a different yard. The German shepherd next door is real nice. <laughs> he's real big, but he's real nice. He probably won't want to eat you. So we try to say, we just try to say to the rabbits, like, just pick somewhere else. Like mm-hmm. there's plenty, plenty of space to go. Just pick another place. Let's talk about uh, water. How, how is he with water? Um, Pretty good. He... <sighs> Okay, so this is why we do hydrotherapy mm-hmm. with our do- with our other dog. He's older, so Walt. So I've just decided that I would take them both. One because it's good for socialization. Like I'd like to take Walt because of Walter's reactivity. I like to make sure he's he's not he's great with humans, but he can be a little suspicious of certain people. So I like to try and take him wherever, so that way he gets to meet people. So he goes to hydrotherapy now. He doesn't necessarily need hydrotherapy but we but we're we're while in rome i mean we're there Mm -hmm. so he goes into a water underwater treadmill and in a pool for hydrotherapy so he he knows water like it's not something like he's comfortable in it but if you brought him to a lake or a big body of water he would wade in it he wouldn't if i threw a ball out or a stick he'd swim out to it but not far Mm -hmm. and i know some other dachshunds that are absolute water dogs. Like they'll go out and swim and they're hilarious. So he likes water. I'm not going to say he loves water. It's probably because it rains here all the time. (laughs) He's probably like, why are you making me get purposely wet when you know, I already hate being wet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And bathing and and grooming. Oh God. Because of the, I feel like we got really lucky because he's got that short hair. He really doesn't need, I mean, we, I trim his nails, but grooming, you don't really, he doesn't need grooming really at all. Baths, far and few between. I mean, only if it's summer and he's muddy, but other than that, I rarely bathe him. Rarely. You mentioned he's in in the car a lot. So I think you hinted that he uh, travels in a crate when you're in the car. Yeah, it's easiest to have them both in separate crates. It's safer. Um, and because we do a lot of nose work, he has to sit and wait his turn. Thankfully, because it's he's reactive with other dogs, it's also a good sport because all the dogs, you know, it's one dog at a time. So I enjoy spending time with him in that way too, because he's he could we go on road trips a lot. I mean, long, long road trips. And the, our dogs are so used to their crates. I mean, they could be in their crates. I mean, obviously we stop to let them potty, but like they spend hours, hours in their crates. So they're, they're, he's really accustomed. It's a, I would be, I can't imagine not having a dog who's a cut, like who's basically acclimated to get in and out of a crate anytime needed. Mm-hmm. It would, I'm grateful for it because if that was something he was, had an adversity to, it would make things really difficult. I can't imagine driving he's a big dog. I mean, driving around with him like loose or like hanging out the window. <laughs> like, I mean, it would be a total disaster. So that those crates are like the best tool. They're such a good tool. And with the destinations to after the trips, the, do you think he has any sort of like favorite areas? You know, he just likes to be outside. 
Honestly, you can take him pretty much anywhere. As long as he is outside on a walk, out in the forest, out on the beach, he is a happy, happy dog. Um, He has no, I wouldn't even call it a favorite. Like, I don't think he loves the beach as much as he loves the forest. You know, he likes the beach and he'll run around and, you know, try and eat stuff. He'd like beach scum that he should <laughs> that he should be eating. So the beach is not a great place for our dogs anyway, just because they like to eat all the things on the beach, which are gross. But I will say um, beach is probably not up there as much as forest. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he really wants to have his toes like his piggies need to be in the dirt. Oh, nice. And going on sort of uh, like vacation for you guys? Yeah, we, we keep it local, like West Coast local. So we're not like driving over to the East Coast. But um, we do, we, lately, we've been taking a trip down to Palm Springs to get out of the rain. In California, of course, which is a very dry, deserty place. So that's a big trip. That's like a 17, 18 hour car ride. And he, then they have no problem doing that. And I think they also enjoy being in the sunshine just like we do. But we take them on road trips four or five times a year. And also we live Washington, um, where we are, we're only like two hours from the coast. So that's a good day trip. So we feel really fortunate because we can drive to the beach if we want to during the summer. So we do drive to the beach, not all the time, but we go, we go a lot. So they're, they're used to going on road trips, even on just a Saturday, just for the day. Mm. How do you think he went with the, the heat in California? Um, he's a dog that likes the heat. He, I think it's maybe because he was born in, um, he was born in the summer. (laughs) So we just attributed to the fact that he's like a summer dog, like a summer puppy. He, he'll, he, he's, if we lived in a dry place where it was sunny and wintry, I think it would be fine for him, but he really, I mean, he seeks outside. Like if it's hot out, he's outside. He's laying in the sun. He will come inside, but he's not a dog who is adverse to sun. Like he wants to be in the sunshine for as long as he can until he gets too hot. And he's black. So, you know what I mean? He gets hot, yeah. but he loves it. Yeah, he loves it. Oh, nice. I got, we'll swing to the opposite season now and, and winter. How does he go? Do you get heavy snow there or...? No, not really. I mean, it might, it writes snow once a year, but it's not even snow that sticks. Or if it is, it sticks for three days and then it's gone. He likes snow, but I don't think he loves it. He's, he's experienced it, but usually it's, if it does snow here, it's really cold. It's really gray. You know what I mean? It's not one of those like bluebird, like, oh, it's sunny and snowy and you're like hot, even though you're outside and it's, we don't really get that. So I think if we had that, I think he'd be fine with it. Um, but, but otherwise I don't think he loves it. I think it's not his, it's not his least favorite thing. Rain is his least favorite thing, which is weird because of where we are, but he, but I think winter is like, eh, I think he could, I think he could take it or leave it. Okay. What about some uh, interesting habits or behaviors that you think might be unique to Walter? Um, in the morning, he barks at me if I don't get his breakfast pulled together fast enough. <laughs> he'll, he'll literally, and I, I don't know where the behavior came from. Like all of a sudden one day, he was just like, you know what? If you're not fast enough, I'm literally going to sit here and I'm going to tell you that I'm, but that you need to be faster. So you get your breakfast together. So he's hilarious. So he barks at me for breakfast. Um, 
he's really attuned with us. So like, if he needs things, like he'll literally just come over and sit down and stare at you. Like he'll, he'll tell you, you know, what he wants pretty much when he wants it. So he's, um, he's hilarious. He really is. He's, he's got, you know, he's full of personality and, um, dachshunds are a really fun breed. Like they're a ton of work. They need a lot of exercise. So even though you might have a little dog, dachshund is not a dog for you. If you want a couch potato, our Bassett Beagle mix is way more laid back, much easier kind of to live with, you know, but dachshunds are a breed that you, you need to be prepared. <laughs> you need to be active. Absolutely. Like he needs, he needs good two walks a day and he needs outside time or he's kind of, he can be a real pain in the butt. You know, he'll, he'll bark and he'll, he just needs an outlet for exercise. And I know all dogs need that, but dachshunds need that. So if people think that's not the case, dachshund is not a good breed for you. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned he keeps you amused. If off the top of your head, some of the times where he's made you spontaneously laugh. Oh my God. Like yesterday (laughs) or two days ago, it was we had a really nice dry day, which is very unusual. So we were so happy. We made sure we were outside and um, he was just like grabbing sticks and running around and bouncing in the leaves and running in the garden. And like garden is kind of off limits normally because he'll, of course, because he's docks and he digs holes where I need him to not dig holes, but he was just a trip. We planted, um, we do fall bulbs for spring, like tulips, you know, like daffodils, we plant them in the fall. So he would, the other day he was like helping us like dig big holes, you know, like helping us to get the bulbs in. And (laughs) it was hilarious. Like, he's just, he's a really, he's a funny dog. Like he knows when he can get your attention and he gets it quickly. It's hilarious. You think what's the worst hole he's dug? Oh, Oh God, he digs so many holes that honestly, like there's no like worst hole. Like if he wants to dig a hole outside, he's welcome to (laughs) like, that's great. I mean, after a while he gets so muddy that I'll bring him in, but honestly, I kind of feel like it's good exercise. Like if he wants to go out there and dig a hole for 25 minutes, he is happy to go and find whatever's in that hole. There's usually nothing in the hole. So, so he's usually digging. He's usually just, you know, he's digging because he thinks he'll find something. He rarely finds something in the hole. And if he did, that would probably be fine too, depending, but probably. Till he will eat a mouse or, you know, if he can find a mouse it's or a mole. We have these weird moles and voles. They have like pointy noses. They're strange. But anyway, he's he can do whatever he wants. If that's what he wants to do, then... Great. I'm happy for him to dig holes. So, I think it's great. So just going to ask, can you recall something where he, where he has found something in the hole? Yeah, he has found, um, we have some moles, they burrow and then they make mounds um, under their tunnel system. They come up and they make mounds. So you'll walk outside and like, you might have like 15 just mounds and they're not like groundhogs, although Sometimes you'll group them together, but they're not, not at all the same thing. And he has found a mole. They're just, they're like little, they're like little mice. (laughs) Unfortunate. But honestly, we have other things that are killing the mice like owls. And it's worse because they leave, you know, they don't usually consume sometimes the whole thing. So like we find, we find things all over the place. So if he wants to have a mouse, it's fine. It's all part of living in that semi-rural area. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And he's able, I've never had, I've only had one issue where, and I think it's because he ate it really fast where he's had some GI trouble, but he can pretty much put down a lot of things without having an upset stomach. So I think it's just, you know, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Have there ever been any health issues with him? Yeah, he, um, it's been inconclusive over the course of his life. He's had an elevated liver enzyme and elevated ALP. Um, Sometimes that will happen with dogs that test positive for um, endocrine diseases like Cushing's. Um, Addison's is another endocrine disease. Um, It's inconclusive. He continues to have an elevated ALP and we just monitor and watch it. Mm -hmm. Um, He tested for Cushing's clear, clear bill of health. So I, I, we're not sure now that he's older, it's a more common elevation. Um, so he's lived with it for years. We have no idea why it could just be a dachshund thing okay. where we're, we're uh, even our intern we have an internist, of course. So <laughs> even the specialist, um, is not worried. It, the numbers would have to jump significantly for us to be real concerned. So that's knock on wood. That's the only health issue he's, he's ever had. Okay. So no emergency trips. No, a couple things. One time he got hives. I think he's, we aren't positive, but we think he's allergic to um, bees. He ate a bee one time on a walk and had like an anaphylactic shock kind of act like reaction. So we had to rush him in that case, mm-hmm. but we have, uh, as you can imagine, we have <laughs> flying yellow buzz, everything. I mean, not just bees and they're everywhere. And I'm positive. He's eaten some like, some of these unfortunate bugs live, I mean, they're pollinators, so we like them, but some of them live on the ground and he's constantly got his nose on the ground. So I'm not sure he's super allergic, but I think he might have a bee allergy, but yes, that's been a rush to the vet, unfortunately. Okay. But other than that, no, he's, he's a healthy, tough dog. Yeah, it's, a, it's good that, and I know you mentioned earlier that he's a, a little bit shorter than, than the <laughs> standard dachshund because I know a lot of people with them and, and even without them have this, you know, stereotype, oh, there's going to be a spinal issue because it's such a, a dog built. He's really way. sturdy. Yeah, no, he's really sturdy. With our mini dachshund, we did have some disc issues um, for whatever, for what it's worth, but he was fine. Okay, so I will throw this out for everyone. I think this helps a lot, but we've done this with our dogs forever. Walter does get monthly acupuncture. So we do that. I do it more for his elevated liver enzyme issue than I do. However, it's good for him to have needles in him because if he ever had a spinal, like if there was ever a problem, like I want him to be accustomed to getting acupuncture because it's kind of a weird thing for a dog, but I want him to say, great, you want to put needles in me? Like, sounds good. So he, um, once a month, we do that. I'm sure that helps, but no, we've had knock on wood, but he's really sturdy. I mean, he uses all the ramps. He, you know, it's not like I, we don't let him jump up on things. So like we, we manage his long back, but he's a, he's a big dog. Mm-hmm. I mean, those standards, like they're they're He's huge. So he's sturdy. He's, he's, I mean, he is short. So if he jumped from like outside the back of our car, like I would be concerned that he would tweak something, but I do think he has to be, you have to manage your dachshund. So you have to make sure that they're set up for success, but he, he looks good. Like we've never been really worried about his back. Knock on wood. I probably shouldn't have said that out loud, <laughs> 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 but he's, he's in good shape. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. 
What's his favorite spot in the house? Oh, God. In the bed, under the covers. Yeah, that's where he goes. If he wants quiet time, he goes back to the bed and under the covers. As many as he can find to put his body under. Okay. Yeah. Has that little bit of a burrow underneath. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's hilarious. So funny. What would be the happiest memory off the top of your head that you have to share with him? Oh, my God. Honestly, uh, you know, oh, God. He's so great. I have a lot of fun doing nose work with him. So I have some really good memories of him, just like whether we're in class and he's kind of in his element or whether we're like at a competition and, you know, he just like does his thing. So, but really, I mean, every day, like he's just a, he's a real pleasure. Like he's just a, he's a really happy, he's just a happy dog. Makes all the difference. Yeah. I definitely think like I'm a big proponent of managing, you know, you got to manage, even if you have like, for example, you know, dachshunds are, are great dogs, but you have to manage a little bit. You know what I mean? Like there's definitely like, you do need ramps. I mean, you don't want to be a crazy dog person. However, you also want to make sure they're set up for success mm-hmm. and also they, they get into trouble. So you have to know, like, you're going to have some X pens in your house. You're going to have some baby gates you're going to put up. You want to make sure they have some things to keep them busy. I mean, that goes with any dog. But I do think dachshunds are, I mean, just a big advocate for the breed. I love the breed. I think they're great companions. And it's nice they're smaller. I'll be honest with you. I Being able to pick him up, he's big, but I can still pick him up and put him places. I like that. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> if I need to pick him, he's in trouble. If I need to pick him up and put him in his crate or pick him up and put him, it is kind of nice. So I like that he he's a small dog, but he comes in like a really sturdy kind of big dog package. Mm-hmm. And he has this huge personality and he's so funny. So I, I'm a, I think that dachshunds are great dogs to live with, but you do have to be prepared. Like, you know, they still have long backs. They still need ramps. I mean, you're going to have to invest a little just to make sure your house is set up so they don't get injured, regardless, whether it's a mini or a standard. But I love all of them. Like the wire hairs are so cute. I have some friends that own a wire hair. The minis, like our little mini was a smooth too. They're so funny. The long hairs, they all have really unique personalities. So they're a, they're a great, they're a great breed to live with. Super fun. What about food and feeding times? So we, you know, we do the twice a day. He gets a lot. I'm I'm not a huge fan of kibble, but it's fine. He is on a GI food. Um, it really maintains and makes him, his gut really happy. So what I do is I feed him less kibble in his meal and I do feed toppers. So we have um, a product here called Green Judo. It's literally like a blend of greens. Could I blend them myself? Yes, of course I could. But instead, I <laughs> I have a product that I buy because it's more convenient. But so we do a lot of greens as toppers, pumpkin as a topper. Um, he gets some herbs from his from our integrative vet who does the acupuncture. So we have herbs that he's on. So I use. Um, canned tripe. I'm a big fan of tripe. So I use that also as kind of a topper 
it's, it's kind of full. It's like a superfood full of um, nutrients. So I do doctor's food up a little bit. So he's getting more than just the kibble, but I use the kibble as like a base. So, so we're a little crazy over here when it comes to feeding time, but I have old dogs. So (laughs) everything's a little crazy. So, but it works. Get fed together. Yeah. Which is no problem. I don't know if I would do that with every dog. But, but they, um, Walter eats in like six seconds. So, <laughs> so by the time he's done, it literally takes six seconds. And then, so it's a non-issue. I can see that being a problem. Um, I'm not a huge fan of feeding your two dogs together. I think they probably should be fed in separate rooms, but it works for ours, but I wouldn't do it with every pair. You ever consider a slow feeder for him or? Yeah, except it gets messy. I use that (laughs) just because I have like the, you know, the greens and the pumpkin and I have tripe and camp. Like once you put it all in the thing, it gets gets a little bit of a hot mess. But yes, I use the slow feeders um, even just for brain games. Like I'll throw stuff in there. Even like I'll just throw like some kibble in there. But feeding time, I'm more of a traditionalist just because it's easier because they have so much going on on their plate. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, has there ever been a time where he has worried you and you've been really concerned over something? He's a hungry dog. So if he does if he's not hungry, then you know he's sick. So I will say, like if he puts his nose up at something, anything really, then you know that you have a problem, that there's a health problem. Now I'm not saying that it's so urgent you have to run to the vet, but he needs to be watched. So I will say, um, fortunately, because he's such a hungry dog and he's so food motivated <laughs> that I know that if he, if anytime that there's a, if he knows any a banana, if he doesn't even want to eat a banana, I know that we have a problem. So I feel lucky in that respect because I can, I can pick up pretty much if he's not feeling good, I can, I can pick it up pretty fast. So I guess being the, that sort of food motivated, that's been the, the primary uh, way of doing training and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I know people who have, you know, border collies and dogs that are just toy motivated because I see them at nose work. You know, sometimes the, the more motivating factor is to use a toy. Um, I've never lived with a dog that is not food motivated. Um, I feel grateful because that food motivation is very useful. <laughs> said anything else coming to mind that you'd like to to share about walter no no, i you know i hounds are a fun group they're a fun breed group there's no question we've only lived with hounds um i don't think we'll we'll do i think we'll always live with hounds i think it just is that's our part of our dna you know they're a really fun group but they're 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 more to manage because of their noses, you really, I mean, you know, they're not a lab, you know, I mean, they're a different kind of dog. So you have to, so if you love the hound group, you are probably a special person because <laughs> they're, they're a little more work. It has been a absolute pleasure hearing all about Walter. Do you want to let people know any of your links or if they want to yeah. get to contact with you? Folks can, I have a blog that never gets updated because I, I'm, I'm writing for others. <laughs> so, but you can find me at wag and cluck, which is my blog. And then I write a ton of content for betterpet.com. Um, tons of health uh, messages that 
uh, we're writing a story right now about why dogs may or may not need taurine in their diet. So a lot of medical issues. Um, so you can go there too and find me. Oh, again, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you very yeah, much. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun to talk to you. <laughs> thank you again. Take care. Thank you. Now I don't, usually do this, um, but after last week's episode, uh, which apparently touched quite a few people, uh, another lady who is down in Mexico reached out to me and asked if I could just put the word out for a little bit of monetary assistance with another one of the vets that operate down in Mexico. So... There's a, a particular dog that they've called JJ Puppy who is suffering from all sorts of trauma and a few other issues from being mistreated. And if anyone does want to contribute, please contact me and I will put you in direct contact with those people. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Thank you very much to some of our new listeners in Moscow, in Russia, and in San Roque, in Spain. If you would like to leave a review on whatever platform you are listening, it would be appreciated. I would appreciate it even more if you shared this podcast with a friend and told someone about how awesome dogs are. Until next week, stay safe and remember, your dog is family.